You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Ops Podcast, Jack Fritz. Uh, you know this, and we never lie to the yes. listeners, so so they must know this. Totally forgot we were recording this podcast. <laughs> we were supposed to record like 15 minutes ago. I get a FaceTime with Jack at 610. I'm watching Frozen with Zoe. He's like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> and I was, oh, yeah, pod. And then Zoe, you know, was wailing as she had to leave the TV. It was, uh, it's been a, a trying five minutes, but we're here. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it's a. Uh, <laughs> Total, I totally forgot. It's... Like, zero memory of this. You know, and I'm not one to make things into a bigger deal than they need to be, but... <laughs> no, never! This is woefully disappointing, and <laughs> I might need to I might need to send you home for conduct detrimental to the podcast. So yes, that's, I that's think fair. Now, um, it's just to fulfill... You asked me to sub in for a drill, I said no, you gotta send me home, it's the way it is. That's how it works. Uh, just to fulfill our obligation here as uh, Philly sports fans, we guess we gotta, you know, get it out there first. Uh, Ben Simmons, you know, this whole thing's crazy. Am I right? All right. You want want to talk spells? Who's Ben Simmons? That's my, I don't even know who that is, Jack. Yep. Me either. But all I know is this. I mean, if you, if you want to talk Preston Mattingly, I could do that. If you want to talk Dave Dombrowski, I could do that. Yeah. I don't know this Ben Simmons fella. I think the one thing that this podcast... Sounds like an ass, though. It Just the name. You know, kind of an ass-like name. I think if there's there's one thing this podcast does a great job of uh, is we really have the the finger on the pulse of this city. And right now, I just feel like this town wants to talk about (laughs) Kevin Long as the hitting coach, right? Yeah, it's a great point. I mean... No bigger story no. in the city right now. No, yeah, no, you're getting you're getting a proven winner in Kevin Long in here. Um, and yeah, so listen, let's let's do it, man. Let's 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 talk some let's bills. Talk Kevin Long, buddy. Yeah, and this might be the most listened to pop we've ever done because it's such a hot topic at the moment. Oh, real people quick, are chomping at the quick, bit. Real quick, can we just uh, we don't curse on the Alps podcast? So imagine I'm using a word that begins with an F. Ends with some consonants, CK maybe. And let me just say bleep the Atlanta Braves, please, real quick. Just off the top, like most important thing happening right now is a gigantic bleep the Atlanta Braves. And I'm not okay with what's happening right now, Jack. I'm like, I'm like, 
I'm on the edge, buddy. Like, we're staring down the barrel of being the biggest Houston Astros fans in the country outside of Houston in a week. <laughs> I mean, well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to be like part of the 1% of America rooting for the cheaters. You know what's weird, though, James? Is I kind of yeah, like I the, I like the Astros. I'm kind of cool with the Astros. But yeah. either way... They're the villain, and we're all in on them against the Braves. They're not. They're not my villain, pal. If if it's Braves Astros, they are not my villain. I I will get Astros gear. Chas McCormick, my good close friend. I will be rooting. Oh, by the way. Yeah. 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 Chad, your guy, like actually your dude. Yeah. No. Legit. Yeah. No. I, I like, played against him my whole we life. Gotta. We gotta. We gotta bring that audio up at some point. Maybe uh, play it for the IOPS listeners. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, but yeah, no, Chaz. Chaz is a great dude, and um, and just seeing him like play like this is incredible. Um, and it's just you know, growing up, it was like, wow, Chaz is really good. And then he goes to Millersville. It's like, wow, Chaz is really good at Millersville. Played against him. Um, and then now it's like, Chaz is a legitimate major league baseball player like, <laughs> in like the, yeah in the in the alcs and how i know it's like real is that i have friends that are like sending me trade proposals with the astros and like Chaz is involved with it because i think he's like an underrated steal and i'm like what if what what's what world am i living in so it's awesome uh and our good buddy friend of the podcast kevin franzen yeah, he might ask him a question about the kid here it is uh, astros outfielder Chaz mccormick who is kind enough to join us here on the phone lines, Chaz Jensen Lewis, Kevin Franson, thanks for taking some time. How you doing today? Good, good. How are you guys? Uh, I'm great. Uh, I got to start this off, all right? You're Westchester kid. Uh, Jack Fritz, he played at Ruston. He wants to know, do you think that you owned him in high school? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Fritz. Um, yeah, he was actually he was actually really good in high school. What? Um, okay. But yeah, I did own him in high school, which and I also thought was cool. I actually played against him in college because he went to a a rival uh, rival school, uh, Bloomsburg, yep. and I went to Millersville. So uh, um, it was cool to face him in college for a little bit too. So if you're ever wondering, like, does this guy, <laughs> does he actually, what are you doing, does he what know anything doing? about baseball or, you know. Here's the only takeaway from that is Chaz is incredibly too nice. <laughs> yeah, Far- yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. I love the, oh, oh, maybe I could dig up that audio. Boom. I got it. It's right here. You ready for the audio? I got it. Oh, listen. Did you want it? I didn't know if you wanted me to bring it no, up or. Just dig it up. I can find it somewhere. No, oh, oh yo, you know, I, I found it. That was quick. I knew exactly where it was. Yes. Yes. No, that's it's like your favorite piece of audio in the history of the planet. No, I, I, I legitimately might need to put that on my tombstone. Like, <laughs> seriously. A major leaguer is like, he was pretty dominant in high school. So that's the toughest part for me is that I watch him and I'm like, ah, I could probably still get him out. Like, I, I, like, do you think I can still get him out at this point? Or do you think that, that ship has sailed? Yeah, I think it has. You think the, so? the, the thing is, they cut the quote off too soon. What he, what he would have said at the end there was, it was cool to face him in college, but shocking how much worse he was in college than high school. I think it was the way that the quote would have finished if well, we could have finished. I do, I do find it funny they say played against him in college because I'd never played against Millersville. I was <laughs> not allowed. I kept the book. I kept the book against Millersville. I mean, no, I. You were there. You were involved. I said in hi life. to him before the game. You know, we we hung out. 
but uh, there was no actual playing against Millersville. It was just, yeah. I mean, listen, I set a piece back record my sophomore year. You want to know what it was? I do. Yes. 53 straight perfect books. I, I <laughs> didn't get off the bench for 53 straight games and kept the book for all of them. So that's a piece sack record, my friend. <laughs> I actually did get off the bench a couple times, but it, it wasn't a lot. I'm proud of you, pal. I'm not it's, proud of uh... me. I'm not proud of me. You don't have to be proud of me. <laughs> but I think I think this offseason, you know, once anything calms down, well, I mean, I know he's an Astro, but I feel like we've got to bring Chaz on the pod. Yeah, uh, he has to come on the pod. I mean, I need to grill this guy. I mean, if we're going to be real about it. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sure our happening. listeners love hearing about my high school baseball career. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what, though? I don't think they get enough of it. Right. You know? I, I think it's so rarely brought up that, that it's, you know, that's why they love it, you know, because it's like a... You know, just a, such a treat when you actually do hear about it, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm not one to, I don't, <laughs> I'm not one to really want to talk about it. Um, no, no. So you got to pry, you gotta pry it out of me for sure. That's the problem with this Chaz McCormick quote. Like that, that's the real <laughs> issue with this one. All right. Uh, Kevin Long. Yes. How about it? Uh, I don't know about you. I was really excited to see the Harry Kevin Long. I know there are a lot of people who, you know, think he's a little old school. We're kind of hoping for someone a little more, you know, cutting edge, so to speak. But I don't know. I mean, look at the guy's track record. He's been pretty successful pretty much everywhere he's went. Yeah. Um, and, like, the 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 2018 Nationals and really the Nationals ever since, like, I've always felt like they had done a good job of squaring up fastballs and at least being good barrel to ball. Uh, a good barrel to ball team consistently finding ways to barrel up the baseball. So from that standpoint, yeah, I think it's uh I think it's a good hire. I think the national like I think the Phillies last year were twenty seventh uh in slugging percentage against fastballs. And the Nationals were still top five, even, you know, with the Turner and or, you know, those guys gone. Um and then Lino not being great. So um he did th- uh, 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 not being great. That lineup Nothing was terrible. Direct. Okay, yeah. Hey. It was a minor league lineup with Juan Soto in it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it probably propped up from the beginning of the year, but still, regardless, like he, he was able to get those guys to consistently square the baseball when it comes to hitting fastballs, and the Phillies have consistently struggled with that with with that for years. So, um, honestly, he's he is here to to to, to fix Alec Bohm. I mean, that's that's the reason why Kevin Long's here. Alec Bohm was the worst hitter against fat. Like, I think the stat was. Out of 329 hitters on pulled fastballs this year, he was 329th in slugging percentage on pulled fastballs. That's how bad Alec Bohm was on like qualified hitters. So um, he need they need to fix that. And, and honestly, the reason why I think Joe Dillon isn't here right now is because he was never able to to fix Bohm when he kind of went into the tank. So um, Kevin Long, that's his that's his job right now is to is to fix Alec Baum and honestly I'm showing him and I am doing whatever he did with Anthony Rendon to get Rendon where he was because when Baum first came up my big comp for him was Anthony Rendon I thought bat bat ball skills were the same um Rendon wasn't unbelievable I would say until like 2015 2016 um and then really Kevin Long I think he took over in 2017 and I would say 2017, 2018, 2019 were unbelievable Rendon years. So hopefully we can get the same thing here with with Bomer. Um, but that's the one thing that has me excited about the the Kevin Long hire. Yeah, look, it's uh, 
I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, even though poor Anthony Rendon, you know, it's like you sign with the Angels and you just go there to die and just waste away. Uh, right. It's a shame. Um, I keep but, on forgetting he's an angel, and I mean, I, I know. I mean, I've I know. owned him in fantasy for the last like I've I've kept him since like 2014, so like I've ridden the highs and lows with with Anthony. Um, but he has been just so useless with the Angels. It's incredible. I know. It it's it's hard to believe because coming out of that World Series, like if you would ask me for like to take to take 10 hitters, just pure hitters yep. in baseball that like I would want to count on, like, you know, get me a hit in a big spot. Like he would have been on my list, man. Like he would have been on the list. I thought he deserved every penny he got. Yeah. It's just been a disaster. Side there. note. And uh, injuries and all that. But yeah, it's a shame. Side but note. What, what, what about, what, this hasn't been brought up yet. I kind of thought about it. What a po- possible Anthony Rendon trade this offseason. Oh, buddy. I wonder. Can I mean, we get, you think we can get Trout as a throw in or? Dude, I saw him at the Eagles game. <laughs> I know. It oh. made me so mad. I'm so out on it. It's such a shame. That used to be such a fun, dumb thing. Oh, look at Mike Trout. Oh, they gave him the football. It's so cool. Come play for the Phillies. Now it's like I see it, and I'm like, you're such a loser. It makes me mad. Like It, it would be... The, the, honestly... I mean, to be fair, he would fit right in in this city with some of the losers we got here. But Right. But I took, I took the bait uh, hook, line, and sinker of thinking he's going to be a Philly one day. And we all did. It hurts. We all did. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. But yeah, maybe Trot can be a throw-in. But um, <laughs> I do wonder. I do wonder. I mean, I mean, the Angels. I mean, I guess they're trying to win right now. But maybe they want to get out from under that money. Eh, a little, little Rendon coming our way. Yeah, I take a little bounce back, you know? Anthony. Yeah, I take him. Ah, yeah, whatever. Take him. Yeah, I'll take him. I, I'll take him. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm with you. Look, the bone thing is. Paramount. I mean, when we talk about young, controllable hitters on this team who you're excited about, you know, that's the list. Alec Boehm. <laughs> the whole list. Other than, you know, well, Reese still Stott, counts. Come up yet. Reese, I said controllable. Reese has one more year. I'm talking about guys who get, you got like five years of at a great, you know, rate or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't have those guys. Boehm's the only guy. You know, Bryson Stott, you hope could be that. I, I'm excited about what that kid's been doing. And obviously, there are guys in the lower minors who can come up and maybe be that, but. You know, I mean, they haven't, they don't have a lot of young talent from from a bat perspective. So, I mean, bone, bone turning around is paramount. I mean, it's so incredibly important for this organization and, and important for their chances to compete next year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the long hiring. I'm excited. What, what do you think's next? Like, where I, I, is this, you know, obviously we'll get into the, the off season and players and all that type of stuff, but they still need front office moves. They still have to kind of, you know, we've heard about the Bobby Dickerson potential and all that stuff. You know, how many more moves do you think are coming from a front office coaching staff perspective type of thing? So real quick, uh, before we get to that real quick, one last thing on the long thing. The mm-hmm. the one, the one, my one issue, not issue, because I'm glad he's here. And I, and I having that level of coach on your coaching staff is, is good. Um, and he's obviously produced with major league talent and, I think on the surface, like on a professional hitting coach level, it's a good hire. It's just, I feel like there's an opportunity to get a top-down organizational approach to hitting that everyone can kind of get on the same page with. And I kind of worry with the Kevin Long hiring that it's going to be more the same where, you know, maybe the minor league guys will get a guy up there and then the professional hitting coach will be teaching something different than the minor league hitting coach was teaching. Um, now, unless Long comes in and wants to do a top-down approach, which I don't think he's done uh, elsewhere, 
But, it, I, you know, if they wanted to, what I would have done, and again, I'm, I'm fine that Kevin Long's here, but what I would have done is I would have gone and hired a Giants hitting coach, a Dodgers hitting coach, uh, you know, a Rays hitting coach, whatever, but someone that sees how the best teams do it, get a top-down approach so that if you bring a guy up from the minor leagues, everyone's on the same page. And that was the one thing with Dombrowski. They, they have stressed this whole offseason about everyone being on the same page, and we need everyone to be pulling in the same direction. Um, I think they kind of have it on the pitching side. I think with Caleb Cotham, obviously very analytically driven, all that stuff, you know, I think they have that in the minor leagues. I think there's a, a, a pretty much an alignment there. But on the hitting side, I'm not sure of that. Now, Kevin Long could be coming in, and they could be instituting that and all of that. But it, he's never really done that before. And the Nationals weren't exactly this, you know, data-driven team. Like, they had really good scouts. They had good player development. They got good outcomes out of their players. But, you know, when it's coming down to, you know, finding some of the guys, the Giants, the Dodgers, those guys, and and unlocking something out of nowhere, they haven't totally done that. So I would have gone out and I would have gone after, you know, a Dodgers assistant hitting coach, a Giants assistant hitting coach, like those kind of teams so we can get a top-down approach. And I'm just not sure that Long is going to have that. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair complaint. And look, I think, you know, this could be a one-year thing. I mean, I think if Joe Girardi doesn't produce this year, I would guess he's not back. And if Joe Girardi's not back, Kevin Long might not be back. So, you know, there is pressure on this, you know, hiring and on the situation for for all these guys, you know. So, I mean, Joe Dillon was a, what, a two-year thing, right? Yeah. So, or one, yeah, yeah two-year thing, yeah. So, um, so it's going to be fascinating. But I, I think, it, look, I think they could have done worse with Dyer. But I definitely, I don't disagree with the the philosophy that you're talking about. All right, back to the other hires. Like, what else do you think is going to happen you know, before the the off season gets in swing for for what fans care about the players and all that, but the important stuff. I mean, whatever front office hires they make are going to be more important than whatever players they sign this off season. That's just a fact. So, yeah. what what do you what do you think about what's to come? I don't know. Like honestly, I, I'm very curious to see how Preston Mattingly kind of fills out his staff. I'm I'm very curious to see. Well, because. Because honestly, they still have to make some decisions on their coordinator positions. I mean, they 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 let some of those. I think they let some of those guys go. I think they, um, they, they I think they they are they want to get everyone aligned and all that stuff. And honestly, I'm just I'm fascinated to see the hires that they make down there. I'm I'm curious to see the people they let go. Um, I'm curious to see are they going to be data driven? Are they going to be old school? Um, I am inclined to think that they're going to be more data driven, which is which is good. But really, you know, you know, it, it, we would never talk about this stuff on like WIP or, you know, uh, wherever. But, you know, that's why this podcast is here. But like we're excited. Like I'm just I am I'm fascinated to see how how Preston Mattingly and even Dombrowski and Brian Barber and Sam Fold and Jorge Valendia, like they kind of fill out the rest of their new organizational structure because, other than hiring Preston Mattingly, I mean, they haven't really done anything since the the big moves that Dombrowski made at the end of August. And, um, you know, but that's the next step. The next step is fine. And, is, and again, what is the what is the philosophy going to be? Is it going to be the old school way or is it going to be more new school? And, and, and understanding where the sport is going and hiring smart people. Like Preston Mattingly was a massive step in the right direction. I mean, 
it just everyone you talk to is like, wow, this guy's like a superstar. So um, that's a good start. But how does he fill out the rest of their roster and, and or, or the rest of their player development stuff? Do they do they you know not renew contracts from from some of the minor league guys? You know, I mean, Gal wrote that whole article. Well, I'm not sure a lot of those guys are really going to be gone. So um, it's it's just going to be interesting, and I I can't wait. And I just have this general sense that. They are going to continue moving in a more data-driven way, but making sure everyone's on the same page. So when they're going through developing players, they're all pushing in the same direction and creating a Phillies way. What a crazy concept. It's almost like you need organizational alignment to have a well-functioning organization. It sure is nice having a real president and not a fake president in the in the in that role and not a guy that just lives in Maryland and doesn't really care about being the president of the team. You know, this week I went through James. I was trying to find the most ridiculous press conferences in the last couple of years in Philly sports history or in the last couple of years in Philly sports because I was anticipating a Ben press conference, but uh, I got a Joel press conference, which was equally as funny. Um, and like, dude, I forgot how awful Andy McPhail was to listen. <laughs> like, just the worst. And honestly, I sit here today, obviously we know they screwed it up. Obviously we know that they came out to rebuild with, like, almost nothing. and Not almost nothing, but essentially almost nothing. Um, but I just, I listening to Dave Dombrowski versus having to listen to Andy McPhail, Matt Klintak, and thankfully they haven't had Middleton speak, but having to listen to that clown show for, for three years talk about the Phillies, like, no wonder they were in the position they were in. So, once again, very glad Dave is here, and it's nice having a guy that seemingly gets it. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add. I think that was all perfectly said. Um, I mean, obviously, again, back to the, the most important point, everyone needs to be on the same page and pushing in the same direction and have an organizational philosophy that everyone follows and, and it goes top down. And, oh, you know, that's concept. the reason. And that's the reason Dombrowski got rid of those guys. Like, that was his reason for firing people. He said it feels like a bunch of people have their own agendas. A bunch of people are not on the same page and we want everyone pushing in the same direction. Like, that was the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy concept. I mean, I know. I mean, it's just it's just so important. I mean, it's why the it's why the Tigers were good for so long while he was there. Obviously, by the end, it didn't work. I mean, he gave huge contracts out to players that didn't need it. But also, I mean, in his defense, the owner was was nearing the end and wanted to try to win a World Series every year because he wanted to see one before he passed on. Like that's what he was brought. He was that he like Dave Dabrowski was just doing his job, you know. But what I don't think that people and what you and I openly at the beginning didn't give him credit for was building that thing from, like, the ground up. I mean, he got there in, what, 06? Like, mm -hmm. or was he before that? I mean, it might, it might, might have been 05 or 06, somewhere in there. Yeah, and it, but he had to build the Tigers up from nothing, essentially. I mean, I know the Ordonez moment happened in 06 or whatever. Even though, wait, no. No, it was, it was Ordonez, right? Maglio? Or was, that, was he a nice. White Sox? No, Matt, he was both. Oh, but the home run, he was on the Tigers, right? It was 06? I believe so. Yeah, because yes. it was it was a Kenny Rogers versus the White Sox and the White Sox. Went, no, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, either way, either way, 06 happened. Whatever. But he still had to build that team up, um, and he turned them into uh, one of the best teams in the AL for a couple of years there. And that's really what he's tasked that with doing here. Oh, he was there in 02. 02 really? to 15. He was there. Wow. Damn. Wow. So even more so. Okay, so 02. 
By 06, they were in the ALCS? or No, they went to the World Series because that was the Cardinals year. Okay, right. They went to the World Series in 06. They had a good run out. Either way. Either way. The point is, is that <laughs> long-winded you're, way. You're crushing, you're crushing this right now. Am I nailing it? It feels like I'm doing a really good job. You're just just nailing it. Yeah, this is, yeah. I'm getting, I'm feeling the Billy Madison. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is dumb. Well, I don't think I'm making anyone. The World Series, you're correct. Then they had a few years off, but then uh, made the playoffs in 11, 12, 13, and 14. Right, right, right. right. Lost in the World Series in 12. Yes, and he was gone after 2014, I think. Uh, Listen, man. It was 20, tw- two thousand. It said uh, 02 to 2015. Listen, man. You're the one that's 40. You stop saying stuff. You should have known that in 06 <laughs> they went to the World Series. That's on you. I was in sixth grade. It's true. I mean, I, 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 I don't. I'm really. I, if I had gone backwards, I might have been able to like get there correctly. But oh. the, I remember like specific years well, and I remember like. When I was younger, like I remember the years then, like 91, 92, 93, like all that. I can name all those by the year. Anyway. I, this is a long-winded way of saying. <laughs> Very, yeah. Long has, story short. He has late. built up organizations before. He built up the Tigers. He's doing it here. With the Red Sox, he was brought in strictly to win from the jump. With the Marlins, he was brought in strictly to win from the jump. Um, that's not what he has here. So he's, he's done it in... with the Marlins. He also still like set up that organization for that next run. And you know drafted a lot of those guys, the Beckett's and all that too. So, you know, you should get credit for that as well. Right. But I just, I, I just, I'm excited. I, I genuinely am. And it, it's so nice having a, a real adult in the room that's done it before and knows what he's doing. And just the fact that again, it doesn't seem like he's trying to revert them back to like the 2000, like 2005, you know? It feels yeah. That's like, huge. Like he's, huge. he's smart enough to know where the sports trending. Like you're not catching the Dodgers giants, whatever. Um, but you know, by, you know, hitting the ball the other way and bunting, you know? So it's uh it's a good spot to be in. All right. Uh, take bag in a sec quickly. We mentioned the playoffs before, but I, I'm just going to speak for the both of us, and I'm sure most of you Phillies fans uh, who are watching, and if you're not watching, like, you know, if, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you love baseball as much as we do. I know it sucks that the Phillies aren't there, but these playoffs have been fantastic. Like, it has well, been they, super fun watching these games. Like, I think they always are, though. Like, they I, always, I, honestly, as I was saying, and I was thinking, you know what, they're just always great. But the the point I'm making here is is a, a plea, a uh, plea, uh, uh, a need like a deep in our souls need like watching this every year. And, and it feels so pronounced this year. Cause this is the first year in a long time. I actually thought at a certain point we might make the playoffs and actually envisioned it and all that stuff. Like we got to get back there, man. Like all this is doing watching these awesome games and you know, these big home runs, like the Bellinger one the other night and like the walk-offs, the Braves games, like just like watching these games, like all it does at this point, it's like, I love watching these games, but it's like killing my soul. Like it's been too long. Like it has been way too long. Like we should be experiencing this. Like we should be watching the Phillies in these games that matter like this, where you're like heart is beating a mile a minute. And like every pitch matters and you're hanging on the edge of your seat. Like we deserve that. We need that. Like I need it so bad man i need it like i'm loving these games like i need the freaking phillies to play in these freaking games like i i almost cursed twice there Jack. yeah i mean i don't know they seem pretty stressful i might be good over here on this side you know 
they, they, they seem like a lot. Like you're talking about, you know, what's funny though. It's because like my heart is pounding too, and I'm not even a fan of these teams. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, it does. It does pay me to my to my core. It it really does. And it, it's like it's like, you know, you see Fenway, and you know, oh. you could like, I hadn't like, the, the Fenway has a very similar roar to what CBP used to have, like when. When the ball, when they know the ball's like going out or whatever, and like you know, I know they're down three two right now or whatever, but Schwarber, you know, the Schwarber homers, the Bo- the Bogarts homers, and all that stuff. Like it's just, I need I need that big, go ahead, you know, clutch late homer that CBP just starts rocking again. Like I need another stairs moment. I need something. It's just it's just I, we've just been dead inside for too long, James. Just dead inside. Yep. Although, it's... although, I am taking. Can you hear my dog in the background? I can hear your dog in the background. Um, although I am taking a, a bit of of. What are you laughing at? My dog. Just being hilarious right now. Anyway, go ahead. Ah, oh, so you're not even you're not even paying attention. I was trying to, but when your dog's sitting next to you, you're like going. <laughs> it's hard not to pay attention to that. Well, that's know? a pretty good dog dog imitation. Hey, buddy. Um, but I am, I am, you know, very happy to see my guy Nikki Pavetta fully breaking ah, out in the postseason. Yeah, it's just so annoying that, like, whenever he would get hype in the past as a Philly, it'd be like six runs the next inning, and now oh, he's yeah. like feeding off the energy of the crowd and like throwing ninety five with like hammer curveballs and he's spotting a slider. It's like, where? What is? What am I even watching right now? You know, it's hard for me even to have joy in this victory lap because it's like this wasn't the same guy. You know, now he wasn't the same guy like a month ago. He was in the rotation. Um, but either way, he looks pretty good. Some guys just rise to the moment, Jack. You know, and that's why I always loved him because I knew uh-huh. in big moments. You know, moments, you saw it. You saw it. You got the eye for that. Well, listen. You know? Listen, me and him, I always like a told, sixth sense, you know. I always told you that me, I always, yeah, my pitching always reminded yeah. me of Pavetta. We know, we know, trust me, we know. I never you lost and... in the high school playoffs. Pavetta's never lost in the playoffs. It just is what it is. It's it's fate complete. <laughs> Some guys know how to win in the postseason. Pavetta's doing it in the big stage. I did it in high school. So, yep, basically the same thing. Um, yes. All right, take back, take back. The Mets getting turned down by a car salesman for their <laughs> what? So explain this because you sent me this tweet and like I didn't even like understand what they were trying to say. It was neither, so, neither. It sounded did ridiculous. I. It sounded like something from like a uh, major league or something. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Joel Sherman tweeted out the other day that a report that the Mets have put. Uh, former Pirates first baseman Dorian Boyland on growing short list led to pleasant conversation with Boyland, who told me no contact with the Mets, no interest in the job. He said he's happy to run his car dealerships. So <laughs> this is a GM candidate. Is that what they're trying to imply? Maybe, maybe he's on a short list. A, a short God, list I, but there might we might end up we might end up 
never having been more wrong about anything than we were about being afraid of Steve Cohen buying the match. Well, I mean, oh my God. I personally think you're a little more afraid of him than I was, but yes. That's fair. I was. I was like, this is a disaster. This guy's got $14 billion to play with. Yeah, now he's tweeting um, about his team and stuff. He's a maniac. <laughs> this, guy is a, this guy is, it's like having a... A, a maniac running your team. It's it's fantastic. I I love it. Yeah, keep it's going, like, Steve. It's like having, Do you, buddy? It's like Do having you. a point guard that won't shoot and then no. won't dunk in a game seven. It's Jack. When you're gonna do these like ridiculous comparisons, like at least come up with something believable. A point guard who doesn't shoot. I mean, that's not something that could really happen. Yeah. Well, at least the Sixers are handling like grown ups. Anyway, <laughs> I mean seriously, there's both both sides are an absolute joke. Anyway. Um, I do find it funny that uh, every single big candidate the Mets are going after is like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, like David Stearns. Is oh, like, no. yeah. Billy, Billy Beans, Bean. No. Theo Epstein, David Stearns. They're all like, eh, cool. Honestly, hey, like the Mets, the Mets, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cohen was like trying to pay off the Steinbrenners to fire Cashman so he could hire him because like, <laughs> like that's what the Mets need. I mean, the Mets need Brian Cashman. I mean, they're not seeing any of these guys who's really good. They're I not. I mean, I can't know. believe I mean, they're not going anywhere. Obviously, so yeah, but it's like, like Yankees fans are like wanted him gone so bad, and like I know it's so weird. It, it's very strange. Granted, I, though, giving an Aaron Boone a three-year contract is seemingly <laughs> indefensible. I don't know if we can we can get our boy Cash's back on that one. Well, we could always send him Joe Girardi. I mean, <laughs> if they wanted hey, him back. Hey, hey, what you? I will drive Joe. If y'all, if you guys want Joe Girardi back, he is yours. Yep. Happy. Come, come I'll bring on, the Brian. Binder, the whole thing. Come on, Brian. Come down. Bring home Joe. But um, yeah, I mean, Cashman's the thing about Cashman though is like he's obviously elite, but I don't know if he actually knows how to build a winner. Like trading for Joey Gallo, whatever. It was pointless. Like it just he keeps doubling down on these high strikeout all home run guys, and it's like why. Like, I don't know. It's whatever. Dude, their their lineup in the freaking wild card game was like uh was like uh, uh Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, Gallo. It's like what what is that? Like or Rizzo, Stanton, Judge, Gallo, whatever it was, it was like those four guys in a row to start your team. I'm like, I mean, you got a thing, clearly. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Hey, bro, what no, are we doing here? Odor. It's like why? <laughs> Another two hundred hitter with whatever. Um, all right. What else do I have here? Bryson Stott is absolutely torching the Arizona yeah, Fall League. Quite hot. And uh, Jonathan Mayo said, I guess maybe yesterday in his prospect chat thing, that he very well could be better than than like the prospect rankings had had said. Like he's one of those guys that flies under the radar as a top 100 ish guy, but then the big leagues is just consistent. And you know it didn't take much, James, but uh, I am already ready to fully jinx Bryson Stott. Um, he, <laughs> oh God, don't do it! He's going to be our Brandon Crawford. I mean, he oh, is God, going stop. to be Leave him alone. Brandon. Leave Crawford. the kid alone. He's gonna... He has enough to contend with trying to succeed in Major League Baseball. He doesn't need you on his freaking back, too. Yes, I want to still sign Trevor Story, Seager, Correa, one of those guys, but. That doesn't mean I can't get Stoddy up here to play somewhere. Um, I actually don't know if he's going to be up next year at the beginning, um, but I am very curious if they don't go after one of the big names, 
I wonder what the plan is. And I wonder if it involves thought. But either way, can't wait for his MLB debut. I love everything about the player from the from the good contact, good feel of the strike zone, solid defensive player, good baseball instincts. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm in on Bryce's thought. I love what he's doing. Keep doing it. And Logan O'Hoppy is also tearing up the AFL as well. So like we said last year, I think. No, I think it was two years ago where he said, sure, it's nice to be, have playoff baseball, but the Arizona Fall League is our playoff oh, baseball. God. Oh, God. And it worked out so well with, you know, Spencer and Oh, Bowman yeah, and, that was yeah. the right tact to yep. take. Everything worked out very well. So, yeah, just um, more reminders that yeah. we're not watching playoff baseball. So Yes, but soon with Bryson Stott batting in the seven hole, next year the Phillies will be there. Look at you. Hook it. Um, <laughs> and last thing, uh, I'm going to start ending ending podcasts with a fake trade proposal until we do our uh, perfect offseason, okay? Oh, really? Look at you. Don't hold I me to that. Put pressure, I love when you put pressure on yourself to, to continue something for like longer than you know what the end date will be. You know, we could think of many examples of this. You know, I think Harper Lent, probably the most famous. Um, but I love this idea. Yes. Every pod we do until it happens, you have to you have to come up with this. So, you know, don't forget. Don't hold me to it. Uh, I'm holding you to it. All right. All right. Fine. You just made a promise that we don't lie to the IOPS listeners. You just said every I mean, I'm not I, I'm not I'm not gonna go back and check the tape, but the listeners can. You did that little like fifteen second back thing and say I'm pretty sure you said Every pod until it happens, I'm going to come up with a fake trade proposal. So, you know, I'm just saying. Well, hopefully we can do the, the uh, perfect offseason in like a month. <laughs> so it's only four. Maybe I'll, dele- maybe I'll be like, oh, not ready yet. Maybe I need another week or two. Keep coming with those trade proposals. No. You ready for no. it? Yeah, I've, I've been ready. I was waiting the whole time. I'm just bantering. I mean, come on. JT Real Muto. To, done. Let's do the deal. To the Yankees for Aaron Hicks and Clark Schmidt. Uh, so you're you're pretty high on Clark Schmidt is the takeaway here. Uh I am. I am. <laughs> full disclosure. So, full disclosure, this trade was proposed by Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Yeah, uh one I, of those. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, Aaron Hicks is a throw in. I mean, Aaron Hicks is Whatever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but when he when he's healthy, he's a good center fielder. But is the one of the worst contracts in the sport right now? Maybe. I mean, it's not because they're like really long, really expensive ones, but like he got way more money than he is worth. That was a horrible contract. I am out on the Aaron Hicks part of this. Like, I'd, I'd rather just take someone else who makes less money on the team. Because if you're doing this trade, you're saying, all right, we're not competing. Like, this is a a rebuild type of trade. So if you're gonna make that trade, like, why not? Why do you need Aaron Hicks in the trade? Like, what's the point of the Aaron Hicks part? Uh, cause you get a center fielder that when he is healthy, he's a very good center fielder. Well, he's fine. I mean, he's a fine player. Ah, uh, see, I like Eric Nix more when he's healthy than you. I, he's I, fine. He's just been, has been healthy. He wasn't healthy all no, year. I know. He's was never he? healthy. Like, he's never healthy. Yeah. But again, like why? I don't get the, the thought process. I mean, if you're trading JT, I want like three, I want like a stud prospect and two other prospects. Like what's the point of taking Eric Nix back? Well, the, the thought process is that you get a, Controllable center fielder that is good when he plays. 
I mean, that's a, that. I mean, that's the on the surface level that would be what the trade is for, and you get off JT. We're not paying him for four more years at like twenty million. Right. A year. I'm good with getting off JT. Let me look at Baron Hicks contract. I feel like he got way more money than he should. I don't know the exact details of it. All right. So he's owed. He's owed ten million next year. Ten million in twenty twenty three. Essentially, 10, seven years, seventy million dollar contract. He's got. Uh, he's got four years, forty left on the deal. Yeah, it's not horrible. You're right. It's not a horrible contract, but it's I not mean, like awesome. Oh either. well, it's not like I'm gonna be pumped to pay a 35 year old Aaron Hicks ten million. Oh yeah, a year. he's 32. Yeah, I th- I'm good on that one. All right. I think you need to do better on your future trade. If this is, you know, this was the thing from you, Joel you... Sherman. It wasn't from me. Okay. All right. So again, I should have seized on this earlier, but but you're gonna come and say, oh, every pod until Arthur Rossi's not gonna give you a fake trade proposal, and then you don't even come up with your first one. No, no, I didn't. I mean, talk about mailing in the pod. I mean, bro, you were ten minutes late to this podcast. I forgot it was happening, and I I brought it more than you. What are we doing here? You brought hey, it I'm more than come up me. With a fake trade, but hold on, let me just steal Joel Sherman's fake trade, and I'll use that one as my first one of this thing that I'm making a big deal of. Hold on, you mailed it in more oh. than me. Did you not oh. like? Did you not like my answer on Dave Dombrowski building teams? And <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, it's not like it's not like the you know I don't know, like eighth time I've heard you say it, but yeah, it was really good. Oh, okay, so now I'm just repeating my. So you said. I mean, I mean I've, I've spot the lie, listeners. Have you heard Jack say that before? I all think right. so. I have too. It's okay. Oh, it's all right. No. Wow. But okay. You use that as your go-to. Like, wasn't this great thing? I mean, come on. All right. Guess you guess you're searching for a new <laughs> someone else to do the podcast with. Hope you enjoyed that last comment. Hope it was worth it. <laughs> Hope it was worth it. It is pretty funny that you stole the trade though, and you didn't have I your. Told I told you, you, it was... you love fake trades. Like I'm surprised you don't have like 15 ready to go just off the top of well, your head. Honestly, I thought of the I, I thought of the bit when I sat down, and as you well know, life is a bit. Is it a per- <laughs> is it a perfectly worked out bit yet? No. Next time, maybe I'll create my own. Um, okay. How about Glaber and uh, Clark Schmidt for for JT? Better. I'm kind of out on Glaber though. Like he's it's been a rough couple years for Glaber. Yeah. Me. Man, uh, to be fair, owning him in fantasy this past season like well, made me way more out yeah. on him than I would have been before. So he's he's a good player. It's unfair of me, but God, he was awful this year. Well, maybe we can send them Didi. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. Didi, JT, Girardi for Schmidt and... Um, Yankee season tickets. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll go to some Yankees games together. I can yeah. do that, buddy. Like a think Jack I'll... and James take New York. Yeah, but I think I would resell them on the market, honestly. <laughs> Make some money back. Uh, I do think I do think I do think that there is a path to uh, listen uh, JT is a fine player Um, I was disappointed in him this year he's broke he's gotten hurt at the end of seasons last three years I do think there could be a like I'm not pumped about paying him 25 million for the next four years uh, 25 million a year for the next four years so um, if they can get out and the Yankees would make a lot of sense in a possible JT trade just it like I wonder if Sherman put that out there with the inkling of of information. So um, I would explore that and and see if there would be any legs to that because I think it could be something that could be beneficial. Like honestly, like you, you you take the JT money off the books and you kind of 
Like you could give twenty five million a year to Trevor Story if you wanted and have him play shortstop, you know. So um, just talking about allocation of resources, I don't think JT's a bad player. Uh, just allocation of resources wise, I think it would be yeah, something to explore. Uh, I'm I'm very with you. I'm I'm very in on on the potential trade JT. Uh, you got anything else in the take bag? Yeah. So my last thing here in the take bag is I just want to say Dave Dombrowski, you know. I don't know how many times I've said this in the past. I don't know if I even have, but he did help build those Tigers teams. Um, you know, he got there in 2002. He built the, the, bit? the 06 like team. <laughs> he built the 06 team of the Maglio Ordonez homer to get them to the World Series. Got them to the playoffs in 11, 12, 13, and 14. You know, it didn't end well. <laughs> it didn't end well because he had to pay some some contracts to players that all you know right. All right. that all the right. owner was near the end and he wanted to pay more and and he just was doing what the owner wanted same thing with the red sox but here i trust him to kind of build this thing the right way all right all right enough 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 i gotta put my daughter to bed yeah i'm sure you do pal I do. I do. I, you know what? She's late for bed because we didn't start this podcast on time. So thanks a lot for that, Jack. Yeah. I wonder whose fault that was. <laughs> All right. You got any final thoughts? Yeah. So Dave Dombrowski did help build. Uh, and I, no, I'm just kidding. I almost cursed there. I almost cursed. <laughs> All right. Go I put do, Zoe I, to bed. You could probably, if you go back 15 seconds, you could probably hear, hear me say like the first two letters of a curse because it was about to come out. All right. I'm good. We somehow talked 45 minutes kind of about the village. I have no idea how. I have no idea how. I thought this would be like a 20-minute podcast. I love it. Uh, You guys are the best. Jack, you're not bad. Thank you. Appreciate it. He spreads himself. We'll see you later.